Hello, welcome to our podcast, our uh, Goldmore Girls podcast. My name is Abby. And my name is Tori. And we're the Goldmore Girls. Goldmore Girls. We've been having technical issues <laughs> trying to get this that. episode going. <laughs> so that's been fun. <laughs> well, now we're on a time crunch, so we're going to have to get this party started. Okay, so I will get started, I guess so um today we're gonna do reincarnation as some people may know what reincarnation is i guess um maybe i think that it's like a word that people probably have heard whether or not they know like any in-depth background on it i don't know but it also like we where we live is a very like christian catholic heavy you know it's all the catholic christian holidays and it's all the um you know, there, there, there isn't really too much talk about like anything other than, you know, what happens in regards to that belief. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are some like you could definitely like walk into like an apothecary type shop and find like Buddhism inspired things. But honestly, I've never met anyone that did or like came back or the soul. I don't know. Some people have. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not really into. (laughs) My my mom thinks that I'm her birth mother. Really? Yeah. So um, partly, partly with like the way we look, which, you know, you could just blame the genetics, but my face is her face or so they say. I've seen a picture. I didn't think it was like exact, but I feel like nobody really knows what they look like to begin with. Um, mm. you know what you look like in the mirror, but your features are opposite. Like they, you know, you look, you look like your mother. You have this there's energy. there's distortion. <laughs> I feel like when you see your own face versus how other people see you, but I look a lot like her. And then also just like my personality. My mom remembered her being like me. Yeah. So my mom, <laughs> like we would say, we used to say for like a long time that like, you know, I'd be like. I'm like you're. I'm your mother. You have to listen to me. <laughs> wow. Like, listen to your. You mother. know you could be creepy and say when you were younger. I we I used to be big and you used to be little. <laughs> I, I remember when you were born. That hurt. <laughs> so anyway, like, I also. <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, like I don't know for sure, but we've always kind of like I've always kind of I've never met her obviously because she passed away when my mom was really young. Yeah, but I've always had a really strong like connection that I felt towards her, and I always want to know more about her and stuff like that. So I mean, maybe there's a possibility that there's a little bit of her that carried on through me. Most likely, I think Most she. Likely. I think Mom said that even Nana thought that I was, but I don't know if that's true. Mm, that would be that would be creepy. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's. Kind of <laughs> Okay, so we're going to tell stories today about reincarnation. It's just one topic today. Yeah, both Um, of us are going to do reincarnation, but we did not tell each other what stories we found. Hopefully we didn't do the same stories. for all we know, we have the same stories. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, I'll know from when you start saying my story and then I just hope it's not all my stories. I did my best to have a couple backups just in case the story that you were going to tell was going to be 
the same as the one I had found. Yeah. Um, we got uh, just for note, we got our stories from Reddit. So um, I got one from Reddit. I've got um, I've got a couple kind of chopped up and okay around. Oh, I got them. Then most likely it won't be the same because I got mostly mine from Reddit. I had a couple and then I I lost them, so I had to. Uh, <laughs> So, a little bit about reincarnation. Um, most beliefs involve human being is immortal and does not disperse after the physical body has perished. Upon death, the soul merely becomes transmigrated. In transmigrated. A new- transmigrated. <laughs> it's a newborn baby or a new. Or a, or an animal to continue its immortality. Uh, it just means the passing of a soul from one body to another after death. That's all I got. Because <laughs> I didn't. For the Anyways. background. Yeah, I didn't really. Yeah, do much. it's basically yeah. To simplify it, <laughs> it's the belief that you're reborn into another life um, after yeah. you die, and that Literally. just continues. Yeah, I mean, there was, when I did the research, there was so many, like, religion that believed it, but I just, there was just too much info on that. And every religion has their own meaning of what reincarnation is. It's either by when someone passes or it it was a lot of, it was a lot of info. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just didn't want to do it. (laughs) Anyway, start with your story. (laughs) Okay, so I lied. I have two uh, Reddit stories that I pulled. So hopefully, hopefully they're the same. The first one is eight years old, and it's from the Electric Monk. Did you? <laughs> did you okay. have that one? I don't think so. Okay, I think you're gonna like how this starts. Um, <laughs> it says I was strangled. Oh yeah, um, I don't have that one. <laughs> okay. All my life, I've absolutely hated things touching my neck. Scarves, turtlenecks, choker-type necklaces, etc. I would start to gag and couldn't breathe when I tried to wear these items. I've always had a few light marks on my neck. They're faint but visible. There's one big area about the size of a half dollar just to the left of my windpipe. The rest of my neck was light- has lighter marks. It looks like my throat is covered in a thin layer of dust. Not long ago, it had snowed, so I decided to try and wear a scarf to work to keep warm. It didn't work, and I began gagging again, so I took it off, and I suddenly knew that I had been strangled at some point. When I got home, I looked online for what marked strangulation leaves on a person's neck. Manual strangulation leaves marks similar to what is on my neck, larger, darker areas where the most pressure was applied, and a more general rash-like bruise everywhere else. I put my hand around my neck to see where things lined up, the big mark would be right between the thumb and first forefinger, and also the area that gets the most pressure. My sister looked at the sides of my neck where the person's fingers would have been and said there were some darker marks there too. Um, so that's pretty much that entire story. But, you know, the, the, ne- the person's got the marks yeah. on their neck that basically look like someone's hands. Oh, God, and somebody crazy. did try and ask them like is it possible that you were strangled as a kid and you just have repressed memories and yeah. uh, the person was basically like no I had a really good childhood I was born with the marks on my neck 
but uh and he said they said if i had received them in this life it would have healed by now um and that they also did mention i was born normally too no cord around my neck or anything my dad was born with a cord around his neck and it did leave a scar that's very different from what i thought some yeah i heard that i mean in the past i heard that you know you get like bruises not bruises like marks and scars from the past life that what happened to you mm-hmm. getting shot or that's yeah, probably heard, what it was yeah i've heard kind of like stories before not really stories but like you know um assumptions before that like like what if your um you know what if your current uh what if you're feeling like a phantom pain or something and that's the way that you died or you know like what yeah. if what if your scars and birthmarks and stuff are indications of your of how you died in a previous life so I've heard stuff like that before like I've got a really tiny one on my shoulder I don't think I dived from it but <laughs> <laughs> well that's I can not. totally see finger-shaped marks on someone's neck resembling strangulation I think and that's probably what the birthmark some birthmarks are like that too mm-hmm. well that's kind of like from. yeah well birthmarks i believe are typically and i didn't look this up this is just something i think i remember my mom t- explaining to me um they're typically like just the way that your body is pressed against whatever and like when you're in the uterus so like i used to think it was funny that shadow my, my, my kitty had a uh a birthmark on his tongue so like in my mind he was like sticking his tongue out in utero he had a birthmark <laughs> just... on his tongue on his yeah tongue. yeah he did he had a he had a dark mark on his tongue so in my mind he was like you know sticking I his tongue out i knew that oh, i don't know, I don't know. He, he would yawn and it would, it would be very pleasant <laughs> or it was either on his tongue or on the roof of his mouth i think it was his tongue mostly it was definitely his tongue actually yeah all right so my next story is i mean my next story i didn't say a story yet your first one um this one is from where's the hole oh where's the hole where's the shoe when he was three when he was three my husband decided to treat our son to a flight over our city in cessna when it was time to get on the plane, our boy climbed in the pilot's seat and was extremely upset when he was told he had to move. He began crying, saying he was sorry. He didn't mean to crash that plane last time. And he said he'd be good at he'd be good this time. My husband managed to calm him by pointing out that his legs were too short for his feet to reach the pedals. Once he got settled in the back seat, he started fussing about not being able to use the radio. So the pilot got him a headset and just didn't plug it in at all, all the way. Our son then started trying to race the tower so he could use his radio to check and get clearance. At this point, the pilot needed to take a break. He went for a smoke while my husband talked to our son, who told him that he crashed the plane last time he flew, and a lot of people died. When the pilot got back, they were able to do the flight with no further issues. About a year later, we went to the Aeronautics Museum when an old mosquito was being restored. 
Her son told the curator that he used to fly one of those, so he offered us a tour of the plane. When he got in, our son pointed out several things that were wrong with the plane, which turned out to be correct. Things like the joystick being the wrong set or being on the wrong sort, etc. The curator told us that the plane had previously been modernized and was now being restored to original condition. He also confirmed that the items our son had pointed out were in fact slated to be replaced. Our kid is grown now and doesn't remember ever being a pilot before and has absolutely zero interest in planes, but he does remember just knowing things about airplanes and piloting them. That's the story. All I could think of was like Logan knowing so much about trucks. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, he does surprisingly know more a lot for a four-year-old, but I don't know if he just learns them from John. Maybe, but I don't know. What if he's like a tra- like a mechanic in his past life or something like that? <laughs> that would be really nice. Yeah, then he can fix your stuff. Yeah, that would be nice too. Yeah. Or he can just help John fix things. <laughs> How old was the kid in that story, sorry? He was three. Can you imagine like being three years old and just like feeling that immense guilt? I'm just of- surprised that the three-year-old is talking this much. Well, yeah, but, like, I feel that <laughs> immense guilt of, like, I'm so sorry I crashed that plane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it, it, it doesn't say, it doesn't say who the air, or who the pilot was that, but that's yeah. really, it must have been quite a few people if it was, I don't know what a mosquito is. Maybe I should have looked it up. Like what kind of plane like a mosquito is. It's probably an aircraft. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. Your turn. Well, I got another one. <laughs> um, This is just rd.com. I don't know. Reader's Digest. Sorry. Yeah. Reader's Digest. Okay. <laughs> so this one is kind of written out like, like, an, like an article sort of. Yeah. It's, so, so it starts off with a quote. When I was your age, I changed your diaper, said the dark-haired boy to his father. Uh, Ron looked down at his smiling son, who had not yet turned two. He thought it was very strange, a very strange thing to say, but he figured he had misheard him. But as baby Sam made similar remarks over the next few months, Ron and his wife Kathy gradually pieced together an odd story. Sam believed that he was his deceased grandfather, Ron's late father, who had returned to his family. Uh, more intrigued than alarmed, Ron and Kathy asked Sam, how did you come back? I just went whoosh and came out the portal, he responded. <laughs> Although Sam was a precocious child, he'd been, repeat- he'd been speaking in full sentences from the age of 18 months. His parents were stunned to hear him use a word like portal, and they encouraged him to say more. They asked Sam if he'd had any siblings, and he replied that he'd had a sister who turned into a fish. Who turned her into a fish? Some bad guys. She died. Eerily enough, Sam's grandfather had a sister who had been murdered 60 years earlier. Her body was found floating in San Francisco Bay. Ron and Kathy then gently asked Sam, do you know how you died? Sam jerked back and slapped the top of his head as if in pain. One year before Sam was born, his grandfather had died of a cerebral hemorrhage. Oh my god. I know. That's a terrible story. (laughs) I thought you'd be intrigued by that one. Oh my god. But yeah, 
That's intense. She turned into a fish. (laughs) And, like, it's interesting that, like, sometimes you hear the stories where it's, like, the person who's, like, they're a really young child and they're talking about their previous life. But, like, you know, if I don't, like, would that be something that, like, like, turning into a fish, would that be something that the grandfather would have said? Or is that something that, you know, that Sam's explanation because he's so young? Yeah. Like, right? Oh, my God. Wow. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I liked that one. I thought it was, I thought it was cool because, like, of proof that it kind of has. Yeah. Like the backing. Yeah. All right. So my next story is from Rocker Nerd. I had a brother pass away from brain cancer. At the time, we had a cat who was a calico and just sort of knew he was battling something. She was really mean to most people, but with him, she was gentle. He would grab her paws and she would just let it happen. Well, about three years after he passed away, my parents had another child, another boy. He was about three when he told my parents about the white, brown, and black cat that used to let him grab her paws. She had died about a year before he was born. Oh, That one was weird. That one's cute. (laughs) I know. I love cat stories. So that means that the brother was that little boy. Well... Maybe the the memories, but <laughs> oh, yeah. it's cat. so fun when they like remember things that like how would they know? Yeah, yeah. I think most most of my story is children. Oh, that sounds yeah. weird. <laughs> but I love the children ones, and then yeah. they don't remember. I was trying anything. to find. I was trying to find some that were like, you know, people remembering very like vividly. Yeah. Like, especially if they were kids. So I thought that one was, that was a cool one. I like that one. Yeah. The calico. Mm. Okay. My next one's from paranormal.lovetoknow.com. Um, I don't know much about the validities of these stories. I just thought they sounded cool. Okay. But it does look like they're like, kind of, I don't know. Stories they seem kind of official. Story. <laughs> So this one is uh, called Women Lived 150 Years Ago. That's literally just what they titled it. Uh, It says, one of the most famous documented cases of reincarnation comes from the leader in the field, the late Dr. Ian Stevenson. I read that one. You know that one? Is this one of yours? No, I didn't do that one, but I read it. Okay. So the case centered around a 32-year-old woman, Yatara Hutter. I don't know if that's how it's said, but I'm going to say it that's that probably why now. I didn't do it because I can pronounce yeah. afterwards. <laughs> Who began describing her previous life in a nearby village when she was a child. Her parents didn't pay too much attention to her snake phobia and fascination with the Bengali culture, which was quite different from their Marathi culture. Again, I don't know if I said those right. Sorry. Um, however, when her past life personality, Sharada, emerged speaking Bengali, a completely different language, they became concerned. As Sharada, she named 25 people she had known during that lifetime, 
her relationship with each one, and how she interacted with them. Sharada lived 150 years earlier and lived nearly 600 miles from Mutara's home. Sharada claimed she'd been bitten by a king cobra on her right toe but had no recollection of her death. When Dr. Stevenson and his team of researchers learned of the case, he was pleased to discover it hadn't been contaminated by self-research, as he'd found so often when investigating reincarnation stories. He wrote a book about Yatara and the 24 incidences of her past life that this team was able to verify. Wow. So, I guess that one's very famous. It sounds like it. I wonder what the book is like. I don't know. Doesn't it say it's about her life? I think. Um, or like her reincarnation part of it. It doesn't. It doesn't say anything past that. What I read is all they wrote about her on this article. Okay, I didn't look up. I didn't look up at the book, so I wasn't. I didn't look up the name of the book either. (laughs) But. I don't know i just thought it sounded cool that they you know she was able yeah. to like start talking about the people she knew yeah yeah i have uh it's sort of a longer story i guess that's okay um it says i just i don't know i forgot to write who wrote it but okay. it says i I just wanted to share a personal story because to me, those are the compelling evidence of reincarnation. Probably around her third birthday, my daughter started referring to events in her life. When I was big and you were little. And at first, I just thought it was something kids say because they want to be the grown up. However, she often kept saying not really in a playful way. And I never prompted her to say or prompted her to refer to things in that way. One day, probably two or three months ago, we were on a trip down to where I had lived growing up, about two hours south of where I live now. It's in the middle of nowhere, but as all small southern towns have, there was a Dairy Queen. Since they have the cleanest bathroom in town, we stopped there so everyone could have a break and go to the bathroom. When we got in the bathroom, my daughter gets this faraway look in her eye, and she said that this place reminded her of when she worked in the cupcake factory when she was was big and I was little. I immediately got curious because I could tell this wasn't something silly she was saying. First, a little backstory. My mother passed away in 2010. She sadly lost the fight against cancer after a very long and emotional stressful period of about six years. Her side of the family treated her quite badly and in my opinion led to her decline a lot faster than it might have otherwise have done. However, she had worked as a baker for a long time at a public Publix. She made excellent cakes and was an artist when it came to decorating them. She had a rather sad life that I won't go there, but making baked goods was one of the things she really enjoyed. Back to the Dairy Queen. If you've ever been in there, the smell right away kind of reminds one of the bakery. I guess ice cream isn't too far away from the cake icing. Maybe that was the trigger? I don't know. But she was adamant about having worked in a cupcake factory when she was big and I was little. 
immediately I got curious, but I wasn't, or but I didn't want to press her for any other detail right away. So I kind of let it go. Maybe a few weeks later, I was talking her into bed. We usually chat a little bit in that time, and she kind of started talking about her time when she was big again. I figured this was a good time to maybe direct a little bit, so I asked her what she looked like when she was big. She just told me she just looked like a girl, but she didn't have any eyebrows. I thought this was a weird thing to say, so I asked her why she didn't have any eyebrows. She answered that the doctor took them away. I changed the subject to something a little happier, so I thought, so I asked her what it was like when she worked at the cupcake factory. She started crying and said that she was always very sad because she didn't have any friends. I immediately felt so bad. I started telling her about all the friends she has now and listing off everyone that loves her. My mom worked at Publix for a short time in between chemo rounds, but the people she worked with were very mean to her. She was such a meek and quiet person, it was really easy to upset her or hurt her feelings. I remember her crying after one of the ladies she worked with keyed her car. She really had no money and was emotionally drained already. That that just kind of broke the dam. She never went back to work again after that. I apologize for how long this is. I don't plan on asking her anything else about when she was big because I felt really bad about how she how sad she got. She was born in June of 2011 and my mom passed away in May of 2010. She was only 45 when she passed away. I find it oddly comforting to think it might have been her coming back to us, even though it's kind of weird. To me, the comment about not having any eyebrows really made me think it must be a part of life memory because a three-year-old has no way of knowing what chemo is or what it would make you lose your eyebrows. That's the end of the story. Kind of interesting that it was like focusing on the eyebrows because chemo <laughs> would make all of the hair fall out, not just the eyebrows. I was I know this sounds stupid, but I never thought the eyebrows would be part of losing it. Yeah, losing be, it when you have chemo. <laughs> it'll be everything. Um, we have ten minutes left. Oh my god. Um yeah. So it would be everything. Like your eyelashes fall out too, I think. Yeah. Your nose hairs, your ear hairs, like pretty much all of it. All right. You go with your story. Okay. So I'm just going to do this one really quick. And then do you have another one after this one? Yeah. Okay. So let's, yeah, I guess should only take a couple of minutes and we'll just wrap it up. So this one's six-year-old Navy pilot reincarnation. I have not actually read this whole story yet. <laughs> I'd literally just died. So in 2004, ABC News aired a profound reincarnation story about a six-year-old boy named named James Leninger, uh, I don't know if I said that right, um, who at age two began to have what many believe were spontaneous past life recalls. It all began innocently enough when he was only 18 months old and the family visited a war museum. That 18-month age is kind of uh, popping out there, eh? Yeah. 
Gradually, the child's fascination with airplanes increased and developed into recurring traumatic nightmares of a burning plane crash. He would wake up screaming, airplane crash, plane on fire, little man can't get out. He drew detailed pictures of the fight that claimed his past life. He signed the drawings as James III, stating he was the third James. As he began to develop speech, James started telling his parents about his former life as a fighter pilot in the World War II Pacific campaign. James not only named the kind of plane he flew, but also the name of the carrier in Atoma. He, was, he named a pilot, Jack Larson, who had witnessed his death. All of these statements were verified as true facts. His parents later identified James M. Huston Jr. as the name of the only pilot from the USS Natoma Bay who died in the battle James described. Since the pilot was a junior, it was surmised James Leninger um, uh, considered himself to be James III. His parents managed to track down J Jack Larson and confirmed he'd seen James Houston's plane hit and crash. Uh, they also contacted James's sister from his former life. The sister confirmed the statements James made about their family and their father's alcoholism. He oh. was convinced that James was her, she was convinced that James was her brother reincarnated. Eventually, his parents published a book about James's story. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. I know. Oh. I like when they like find the, the past family members. Like, I know. Like, I like when they do the the research that yeah. if it's happened or yeah, like they they've identified. Like it's not even just like who who did he used to be. Like oh maybe maybe not. It's like no. Like this is actually all lining up. Yeah, and and they've now identified who he was. They might have even seen a picture of him. Have you? There's a show on Netflix, or I don't know. Have you seen it? Um. It's like they make a documentary of the kids having reincarnations and then they look at the life or like they do the research figuring out who it was that they're talking about. You haven't heard of that, no. That's cool. I'll look though. it up later. Okay. Anyway. We got six minutes, Abby. Do you have one oh, more story? I have one more story and then we'll move cool. on. <laughs> we'll just say, yeah, we'll just close it out with this one. Uh, Mrs. Dr. C. That's who wrote it. Well, okay. yeah. When I was about four or five, I told my parents that they weren't my parents first. I love when they say that. Uh, <laughs> I was little and have no memory of this, but my mom and dad have, have both told me the story. I told them I died in a tornado in 1976 and that I had been 16. I was weird, or it was weird. Oh, I was weird. Two smart little kids that has... That said really strange shit all the time, so my parents just chalked it up to that. About five years ago, my mom called me. She reminded me of the story I had told when I was little. She said it had started to bug her after all these years, so she googled anything about tornado deaths in Michigan in 1976. There was exactly one that year. It was a 16-year-old girl who was riding in a car when it was thrown off the road by the tornado. I looked it up too, and sure as hell, she was right. I have no memory of telling them that story and no memory of dying in a tornado. But my mom is pretty straight-laced and not, not one to believe in the hokey bullcrap. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the story. 
So they found the tornado? Yeah, they found the 16-year-old girl that died. Oh. Uh, I know. I'm scared of tornadoes. A 16-year-old girl. That's heartbreaking. So, like, this is one of them that did the research and figured out that there was one. There was one. It can't be one death. But apparently, but maybe one reincarnation out of it. Yeah, like I think when it comes to my belief about reincarnation, because I absolutely do believe in reincarnation, um, I, I kind of lean towards the idea that not everybody becomes reincarnated. I feel like maybe it's an option where you get to choose if you're reincarnated, and if it's not an option, then there's still some sort of like yes like filtration like yes you know you kind of like not everybody is reincarnated or if that is the case where everybody is reincarnated then not everybody's reincarnated at the same time like it's not like like for some people it's maybe you die in a hospital and a baby being born in the next room you know your part of your soul goes into them and and they they are your reincarnation I think some people have that idea with it, but then also, what if it's like a hundred years past, like the first, like that, not my first story, but like that woman who lived 150 years ago. I always believe that we, we are all, we all have different past lives. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think we all have past lives. It's just, do we, it's just, most of us don't remember it. Yeah. I think. And I think that I think that like the connection to your past self yeah. might be the strongest when you are as young as like two, like or three, like in some of these stories. I always wanted to do one of those um past life like psychic things. I don't know. Oh, like a reading. Um yeah. Yeah. But I mostly want to know the future though. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I think the past <laughs> is more interesting. There's going to be a psychic that's coming, like a psychic convention. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, you should. I don't know, John. It's supposed to be bad luck. Oh. I mean, I want to go, but John thinks it's bad luck. But you should come anyways and come with us. Okay, we'll check the vibes and then we'll decide if we're going or not. I just want to go. I'm not, maybe not get a reading, but I've never been. I have tarot cards. We can do tarot readings. Do you know how to do them? There's an instruction booklet in it. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Huh? We only have a minute left to say goodbye. Okay. So that's the end of our show for reincarnation. Um, if you can if you'd like to send us all your stories to anything really, murder. Yeah, well, we're not picky about the stories. topic as long as it's um kind of in line with like paranormal or you know if you if you uh have any even weird things like aliens and yeah or if you have your own reincarnation story oh yeah that would be a great one that would be um send it into goomergirls at uh, gmail.com okay that's it for now Bye. bye